Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It's Saturday, December 4th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Josh Crash Davis. We've got the Week 13 NFL Main Slate preview for you. We're going to hit the four highest total games on the board to try to zero in on where we want to hit this slate. That'll be uh, Chargers and Bengals, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Jaguars, Rams, and Washington, Las Vegas. Josh, how are you feeling about this slate? Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking this can be a pretty good weekend. Um, you know, we've we've gotten on a little bit of a of a roll, momentum going a little bit here with our football plays. So, I, I like where we're headed going into Week 13. Um, I wish it wasn't a Packers bye week, but they really need it. So, I'm glad for them for that. Right. Yeah, I'm excited about this slate as well. We've got some running backs that I'm I'm pumped about. Some value. And then what we'll do here in the show today, as we go through these four games, we'll also hit our predictions for each one. And we'll have some special insight from John Wehausen, our analytics guru, who's actually going to be attending the Washington football team against Las Vegas. Uh, So we've got some thoughts from him that we'll share. But that's game four. We're going to start on the early side. And it's Chargers and Bengals in game one, kicking off at one o'clock Eastern. Over under here is 50 and a half. Uh, the Bengals favored by three Bengals. at home. And Josh, you've got the uh, the Chargers side for us. Why don't you kick us off there? Yeah, so for the Chargers, the only major injury they have to speak of is Asante Samuel Jr. He's going to be out this week. Um, so fairly healthy, especially for week 13. Um but as far as the plays that I like in this game, there's not a lot for the for the Chargers, honestly. Uh, but Austin Eckler, you know, he should be a strong play again. He's 9,000 on FanDuel, 8,300 on DraftKings. He scored five touchdowns in the last two games. He's also been pretty heavily involved. And um, Cincinnati's allowed the eight most. Um, fantasy points to running backs and pro football focus has Eckler as their second ranked running back on this slate. So should be a good week for Eckler. Um, the chargers wide receivers, you know, none of them really have any good matchups. Uh, Allen Keenan Allen had the most favorable, but he was, his was only at 60. So there's not really much in the passing game that I like for the chargers here. Yeah. You know, the Bengals defense I think has been surprisingly solid and improving they're, you know, they're coming off two really strong wins over Vegas, 32 to 13. Then they held Pittsburgh to only 10 points last week. In, last mm-hmm. week in that big win, 41 to 10. So I agree with you. You know, my main focus on the Chargers side, if I'm going to go there, is Eckler. Um, and the the one other thing I want to mention here is the weather. There's been a lot of talk about forecast in Cincinnati. It's gotten better though. Right now, it looks like it's going to be cloudy at kickoff with only an 11% chance of rain. And then Mm. temperatures are going to rise throughout the game from 42 to 47. So uh, this is why it's always good to, you know, wait until Saturday night and Sunday to actually finalize your lineups or for the most part, because things can change so, so much from midweek to Saturday and Sunday. So let's transition to the Bengals side here. And the way to attack the chargers is absolutely on the ground. Um, they've given up the most yards per game on the ground. Mixon is coming in on an absolute heater. Nine touchdowns in his last five games, eight rushing, one receiving. 
uh, put up 165 yards on the ground in two scores last week. So, you know, they're, they're really using Mixon. He's getting in the end zone. I like him again. He's a little on the pricey end here, 8,100 on DraftKings, 94 on FanDuel, but he's on, in play for me on both sites. And then I'm not really interested in this passing game either because the Chargers are so good against quarterbacks and wide receivers. And, you know, if, if the Bengals follow that same script from last week, they didn't, they didn't throw it too much. Burrow only threw it 24 times. He was very efficient with 20 completions. But, I mean, Jamar Chase only had three targets on the game. Mm. Um, you know, Higgins was actually their, their leading receiver. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably stay away from that area. Now, you could look at C.J. Uzama, and on the season, the Chargers are giving up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. But again, they've played a who's who of tight ends, Kelsey, Waller, Andrews, Logan Thomas, and Uzama is generally a, a low-volume tight end. So it's GPP only for me, not my, not my favorite play, but wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if he got in the end zone. So it's, it's mixed in primarily here for me on the Bengals side. All right, let's do our prediction here for game one. And Josh, are you ready to go? All right, we're having technical difficulties with Josh. So I'll give my uh, prediction first for game one, which is actually your running back here, Eckler. And looking uh, across the season here, the Bengals have given up a lot of receptions to running backs. Najee Harris had 14 against them. Remember that way back when? Uh, 14 mm -hmm. for 102. And then more recently, the Jets running backs combined for 14 catches, 166, and a score. I'm going to say that Eckler has at least eight receptions himself, and that's the main reason why he's in play for me on DraftKings. You know, it's it's funny, and we never talk about our predictions before we do the show, just like Coach and I never did with our baseball when we do our baseball predictions. So I actually have the running back for the Bengals here. I've got Mixon for my prediction. So, All right. Um, I've got him for over 100 yards and scoring at least one touchdown. I like it. Yep. Lock it in. All right. Running backs or pass primarily in game one. So let's go to game two. It's Tampa and Atlanta. Also one o'clock. The other game here with a total of 50 and a half. Tampa favored by 11 on the road. These two teams played back in week two and Tampa went, you know, got all over them 48 to 25. Uh, so what are your thoughts here on Tampa this week? Yeah, I think that they're going to have a lot of success again. You know, this this Falcons defense for the most part um, has been pretty susceptible. The quarterbacks, you know, they've allowed the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So Tom Brady, you know, he let a lot of people down last week, but that really wasn't his fault. I mean, Leonard Fournette just vultured all his touchdowns, basically. So, um, but, you know, he, he had um, – 276 yards passing and five touchdowns in their week two matchup. He had 30.6 DraftKings points. Pro Football Focus has him projected as their highest scoring quarterback in week 13 with 25.6 fantasy points. So Brady is definitely, um, from what I've seen of all the research and everything I've done so far this week, he's my top quarterback. Yeah, uh, he's high on my board as well. And just to follow up on that touchdown discussion, you're right. Last week, the Tampa Bay running backs had four rushing touchdowns between them because Jones had one as well. And if you go back to that uh, week two matchup where Brady threw for five touchdowns, three of them were short ones, one yard, three yard, three yards, and one yard again. 
And mm-hmm. that's the that's the challenge of NFL DFS is that the touchdown variance. I mean, there's no reason why they couldn't have run those in back then since right. they were inside the three. And there's no reason they couldn't have thrown them in last week against Indianapolis. So, you know, you just have to, you know, do your best. Um, you have to you have to think about touchdowns and and how much you can predict them, but it's only to a certain degree. And you know, if a team puts up thirty eight like Tampa last week, but but Brady doesn't get the touchdowns, you just move on to the next one. And he is once and again once again in a great matchup. So I do think they'll put up a, bu- a bunch of points, and he has a very strong chance to to have a high score. Now, if he is uh, throwing it into the end zone this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Tampa Bay receivers? Yeah, I mean, you've got the the two main receivers, obviously, with A.B. out still. You've got Ed. Touchdowns on nine targets um, for 24 and a half DK points. Um, Mike Evans uh, had had five passes for 75 yards and two touchdowns on nine targets for 24 and a half DK points. I think it cut out, so I was going to say that again. Um, Atlanta's allowed the six most fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, Pro Football Focus has actually given the individual matchup advantage to Chris Godwin here, so he's in play too. He's 6,600, so just 100 less than Evans. Um, he had four catches for 62 yards and a touchdown in their Week 2 matchup. They're projected for sixth and seventh this week by pro football focus as far as scoring for wide receivers. So they're right there. Um, and then for some value for a GPP play, you could look at Brashard Perriman. We we were on him last week and he didn't get added to the roster in time, but this week he has already been added to the roster. So we know he's going to play um, and he's only 3000 on DraftKings. So. Yep, absolutely. And then uh, what about Gronk? Oh, yeah. And then Gronk, 5,300 on DraftKings. He's 7,000 on FanDuel, so I'm not going to get up to that. Um, Atlanta's allowed the 12th fewest fantasy points to tight end, so it's not a great matchup, but it's still Rob Gronkowski. He yeah, and, and Gronk Yeah, and Gronk did get two touchdowns against them uh, back in week two, so... Yeah, I agree. Uh, DraftKings only probably for Gronk at fifty three hundred. All right, let me let me hit the Atlanta side here. Um, here's the problem with Atlanta: their their offense is really start struggling without Calvin Ridley. Uh, mm-hmm. When they played in Week Two, he was out there seven catches, sixty three yards, and a score. But he won't be out there again, of course. So it makes it tougher on Matt Ryan. Although it is still a good matchup, they've given up the sixth most fancy points to quarterbacks. Um, we know you can't really run on Tampa with much success, but the, you, the running backs can catch balls against them. Mm-hmm. And that was a big part of the game plan for Atlanta when they played before, because Patterson and Davis combined for 12 receptions, 83 yards and a touchdown. That's 26.3 DraftKings points right there. Mm. We know that, uh, Miles Gaskin and Saquon, among others, have had good receiving days out of the backfield against Tampa. So that's the only way I think they're going to do much damage. Patterson's a little expensive, though, for me on this slate at 7000 on DraftKings. There's some other running backs I like a lot better. So yeah. he would be GPP only and DraftKings only for me with the receiving upside. Uh, not my favorite play, though. Uh, with with the pass catchers, um, Receivers have 
have been productive against Tampa. We know they've been hurting the secondary a lot. They they are getting healthier. Carlton Davis is going to be back this week. Mm-hmm. But it's not a very explosive receiving group. Russell Gage would be my probably the only guy I would look at. 5,300 on DraftKings. He did score last week, caught six for 62. Uh, so, but that's about it. Not, not going to look at Zacchaeus. And then Pitts is interesting because it's a pretty good matchup here. We saw what Doyle did last week, six for 81 in mm-hmm. a score. Um, Pitts has been pretty volatile, uh, but he's he's worth a look at potentially in a GPP. Yeah, I agree. All right, prediction here for game two. Yeah, so for my prediction, I'm going to go with Tom Brady throws for three-plus touchdowns, so at least three, and one of those to someone not named Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, or Rob Gronkowski. So Okay, nice. Creative there. I like that. Yeah. All right, my prediction here is, you know, it's a tough one because the, the prediction is that uh, Kyle Pitts is going to score a touchdown. It just feels a little shaky because he only has one on the season. He hasn't scored since week five. But, you know, if there's ever a time for him to break the schneid, get, get off the schneid, it's, it's now. So I'm going to say that's that's going to happen this week. He'll get his second touchdown. Was that Kyle Pitts? Is that what you projected? Yep. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Well, before we go to the second half of the slate, just want to invite folks to join us this weekend if you want our football lineups. DFSCoachTalk.com. Sign up there, and we'll send you an email, get you into our Discord we will provide a full DraftKings clipboard with uh, highlighted core plays and then options to fill out your roster. We'll have our full FanDuel and Yahoo cash and hybrid lineups that you can plug and play. Uh, having a lot of success with that, so uh, feel free to join us, dfscoachtalk.com. All right, second half of the podcast here. We're going to go to the 4 o'clock games, starting with the Jaguars and the Rams. 405 kickoff Rams favored by 13 here at home total of mm. 48 and we're we're discussing this game on the podcast because it is such a high total we've got uh the, the high powered Rams offense that we want to evaluate but I'll kick us off here with the Jaguars side and uh let crash handle the Rams this week so on the Jaguars side you know kind of similar with Atlanta the offense is struggling a little bit they're actually only averaging 15.7 points per game. Mm. Uh, so this is a chance for the Rams defense potentially uh, to be an option. Uh, and if you look at the the Jags uh, over the course of the season here with Trevor Lawrence under center, the numbers are just not very attractive here. He has nine touchdown passes and 10 interceptions. Mm. That's not the ratio you want. No. He And then he has two rushing touchdowns, but he's lost four fumbles. So – you know, no wonder they're two and nine and they just they can't put up points because they can't really uh, you know take care of the ball. And we know how important the turnover margin is in the NFL. And then obviously he's down some weapons and uh James Robinson questionable again with, with the heel. He has gotten in some limited work on the practice field. So we think he'll be out there. But you know, across the board here against the Rams, it's it's an average matchup at best. And with this below-average offense, I don't have a lot of interest in in the Jag side. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Robinson did get 20 touches last week, despite being limited. 
So he's in that price range where if he scores, you know, he could pay it off 6,200 on DraftKings. But, you know, I think if I had to go on a GPP, I might pick one of these receivers because they're so cheap. Uh, and, you know, coming back out of nowhere last week, how about Laquan uh, Treadwell? Four yeah. catches for 53, you know, leading the team as a receiver. He's only 3,200 on DraftKings. Mm. So, you know, a guy who who's he got eight targets last week. Mm-hmm. If he gets a similar opportunity, that's the type of price tag he can pay off. Yeah. You know, last week's performance would have been uh, basically 3x on that. And the receivers on the outside against the Rams have actually had more success than the ones in the slot. Uh, because Ramsey's been in there. So I don't mm-hmm. like Chenault this week uh, with that matchup. I think Treadwell or Marvin Jones Jr. on the outside at a good price, uh, one of those guys could get it done. But I just don't have much faith in anybody on this side of the ball. Yeah. Did Did you say that you like James Robinson or do you don't like him this week? Um, I, I don't like him enough to be on my primary lineup because mm-hmm. there's there's other running backs in that price range I like better. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. All right, right, so so what do you have on the Rams side? Yeah, so first of all, they have quite a few injuries. They've got um, Odell Beckham Jr., Daryl Henderson. You guys on offense that they're going to have to possibly be without. Um, And so then we've got, you know, with Daryl Henderson, if he's out – Sony Michelle definitely isn't play at 4,300 on DraftKings. Jacksonville has allowed the 11th most fantasy points to running backs. Cordell Patterson had 16 carries for 108 yards and two touchdowns last week against them. So I, I definitely like Sony Michelle if Daryl Henderson's out. Um, if Henderson plays, I'm probably not going to go there. There's other running backs, like you said, with Robinson that I like better on this slate. Um, Cooper cup, obviously everybody knows he's been the top wide receiver in fantasy this year, continues to see double digit targets week in and week out. Um, he's 9,000 though on both sites. So I'm probably not going to go there. He is projected as a number one scoring wide receiver, but I'm just going to go a little bit cheaper than that. And one guy I am looking at on the Rams is Van Jefferson, especially if Beckham's out, um, he caught three passes for 93 yards and a touchdown on a season high of nine targets last week for 18.3 DraftKings points. And so I, I definitely like Van Jefferson. I think he's going to step up quite a bit now with Robert Woods out. So, Excellent. Yeah, pretty similar for me. Um, you know, Henderson is in a good spot if he plays, but he's a little touchdown dependent for me, especially on this slate. Uh, I, I do love Cup and his matchup. Uh, he's going to be my prediction here. We'll get to that in a minute. But I just want to add on with Stafford here that you know this is a potentially get-right game for him. He he was better last week because he went over 300 mm-hmm. yards, got got three touchdowns. We know he's been uh, struggling physically lately. He's had some picks. And how about this stat, Josh? In the last three Josh. games, the Jaguars have not allowed any quarterback to throw for over 200 yards. Okay, not wow. not 300. <laughs> But they've wow. been tough. So mm. that's why I think this game is a little bit tricky. Uh, it's not an absolute smash spot for the Rams. But, uh, but. You know, Stafford, hopefully if he's getting healthier, uh, he's trending in the right direction, uh, then he'll he'll perform better. Um, so let's let's transition to a prediction here in Game 3. 
Yeah, I think you said you have Cooper Cup. I have Cooper Cup as well. I've got for him to score 20-plus fantasy points and to have at least one touchdown. I think you can get there pretty easily, but that's my prediction. Okay, yep. I've got him for 24 DraftKings points, which would probably translate to about 20 FanDuel points. So I think we're on the same page there. Um, You know, if he goes 9 for 90 in a score, he'll get it on DraftKings. And let's see, that would be that'd be 19.5 on FanDuel. So, yeah, I think we're are looking at about the same projection yeah. there. Yeah. All right, game four, we've got Washington traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders, and our very own John Wehausen has done the same. As a supporter of the Washington football team, he's made the journey. He's out there. Uh, he's given us his report. He thinks that the um, – the Washington football team supporters have come uh, come out strong in uh, mm-hmm. in numbers. Um, he's, you know, I'll, I'll just jump right to his some of his thoughts on this game. You know, he thinks it's very important that uh, McKissick is out, and I agree with that. I'm going to break down the Washington side, mm-hmm. um, and then he likes somebody on your side as well. So we'll, we'll, I, we'll I guess we'll wait until uh, you you break down the Raiders. But uh, on the Washington side here, we've got a nice matchup on paper in terms of. The high scoring total of 49 and a half, close spread. It's been fluctuating between one and three. I had it down as minus one, and, and John said it's moved back up to one and a half. Um, mm. But Washington here, really uh, kind of fun to watch what they're doing. They've won three in a row, including that clutch win over Seattle, where they were able to stop that uh, two point conversion to tie. They're now five and six. They seem to be rallying around. Heineke and Rivera, and uh, that's the other thing that John said is he he thinks that Heineke really is getting a more more of a command of the offense, and he's watching all their games every week. But you could see that against yeah. Seattle, you know, the confidence and more of a game manager, and just a competitor. You know, he's he's fun mm-hmm. to watch, and he's got a great matchup here, uh, fifth most fantasy points allowed. Um, but I do think the story on this side is the the running back situation with McKissick out. He had 12 touches in that game against Seattle. Uh, but Gibson, uh, despite McKissick having 12 touches, he had 36 touches. He had 29 yeah. carries for 111. He caught seven for 35. And this is the fifth best matchup for running backs. And he's only 5,700 mm-hmm. on DraftKings, 6,200 on FanDuel. Yeah. I'm all over Gibson this week at those prices. Yeah, me too. He's definitely probably my top running back play as far as the mid-range for sure, and maybe even one of the top overall. He's just a really good price. Yep. And then uh, with McKissick out, they have Wendell uh, Smallwood. He'll be out there. Rivera says that to a degree he will take over that passing role from McKissick. But, you know, I don't know what that really means, as if Jared Patterson might get some of it, but – yeah, you know, last game he only had one carry, didn't have any targets. So you know, even if they do get a, a few targets between them, I don't think it's enough to take away from Gibson that we we shy away from him. Right. Yep. All right, and then with the pass catchers for Washington, um, below average matchup for the wide receivers, but way above average matchup for the tight ends. So not too excited about these receivers. Curtis Samuel's back in the mix. He played 20 snaps last week, got one catch and one rushing attempt. Uh, you know, McLaurin, certainly the star. He's at 7,400. 
I uh, don't plan to go there because I'm going to be invested in Gibson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carter seemed to show up uh, pretty consistently throughout that game on his four catches. He's cheap at 3,600. If he scores, then he'll certainly pay that off. Uh, Adam Humphreys is there as well. But the, the guy that I'm most interested in here is Logan Thomas. In the last four weeks, the Raiders have given up four touchdowns to tight ends. He's coming back from injury. He got three for 31 last week, playing 77% of the snaps. And he's only 4,000 on DraftKings. So yeah. uh, that all lines up to me to make him uh, a decent play. All right, Josh, what are your thoughts here on the Raiders side? All right, Josh wants me to start with uh, John's thoughts, or apologies with the technical difficulties. But let me let me start with uh, John's report from Vegas, which is that uh, he wanted us to mention Deshaun Jackson has the record for 60-yard touchdown receptions, um, and he's tied for first with over 80-yard receptions. And it's a revenge week, so uh, John likes that play potentially. Um, I like one of the other pass catchers for the Raiders, but Josh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so they've they've got first of all they've got quite a few injuries they're dealing with. Carl Nassib is out. Um, Darren Waller is doubtful, and then Josh Jacobs, Deshaun Jackson, Kason Nixon, and Nick Kwiatkowski are all questionable. So um, if the if some of those guys sit out, there could be some potential value plays here. But assuming they play, um, Derek Carr, he's 6,000 on DraftKings. He has the most favorable matchup of any quarterback this week. Uh, Washington has allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. He's coming off a pretty solid game in Dallas, um, 24 for 39 with 373. Um, and so, you know, Derek Carr's definitely in play. And then his top top pass-catching option has got to be Hunter Renfro. He saw nine targets last week. He's 5,800 on DraftKings. Um Washington has allowed the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So definitely like Hunter Renfro. And then as John mentioned, just Deshaun Jackson, uh, 4,200 on DraftKings. You know, if he plays, I think he's a good value option. Um, he had three catches for 102 and a touchdown on Thanksgiving. And um, this is also a little bit of a revenge game for him. In 2019, he went up against Washington. He had eight catches for 154 and two touchdowns. So, it's not like it's been, you know, six or seven years ago that that happened. It's only been two years. So I think it's still a relevant stat. And then Kenyon Drake, um, if Jacobs is out, he's going to be in play here. Um, you know, Washington has allowed the 11th fewest fantasy points to running back. So they're pretty. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll just jump in there. Um, with the, the receivers, I agree. Renfro, my favorite target there. Uh, and then if Waller is out, you've got Foster Moreau, who he stepped in in week seven in Waller's absence. Six catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Yards and, a, and he's only 2,700 on uh, DraftKings. I know John is a big fan of, yeah. of that play as well. And how about this crash? Did you know that on the season, Moreau has three receiving touchdowns and Waller only has two? Wow. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, not quite the explosive season for Waller as, as last year. So a bit frustrating oh. there, but 
Let's hit our mm. uh, predictions for game four. What do you have on this one? Yeah, I just just want to add that I did have um, Foster Moreau as my next play. Uh, you mentioned him. I heard you mentioned him. Um, had six catches for 60 yards and a touchdown on six targets the last time that Waller was out. So definitely in play for me. So for my prediction, it's going to be that Hunter Renfro, he's come close with nine, but he's going to hit double-digit targets for the first time this year. I like it. I could certainly see that happening. My prediction here, Antonio Gibson goes over 20 DraftKings points which would put him well over 3x. So yeah. he's he's probably going to be locked in for me. And uh, I'll be watching this one with Jet, just not quite as close to the action. Right. Yeah. All right. Shall we? Uh, let's recap last week's predictions real quick. Mm-hmm. Do you have yours ready to go? Yeah. So my, my first. All right, you're breaking up again, so I'll start first here. Um, I made a prediction yeah. about Perriman scoring, but then he, was, he wasn't he was active, so that one's a wash. Uh, I had Chenault last week going for 14 DraftKings points. He did get nine targets, five for 33, so 8.3. If he got a touchdown, it would have worked out, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that didn't quite work. But again, I'm off Chenault this week because of the matchup. Yeah. All right, Josh, you go ahead. Okay, I'll continue. All right, so my next one, I had Van Jefferson uh, as a better play than OBJ. And that was looking great until the end when OBJ caught that long touchdown. But still, Van Jefferson outscored him on FanDuel, and OBJ just got him by a nose on DraftKings. So I'm going to call that a push. And then uh, the one that I got was Cousins. I had two touchdowns or less against San Fran, and he, he indeed had 238, but two touchdowns, one pick. So that was a stay away. Uh, so we'll count that as a winner. Yeah. So I had, if, if we can get through this here, Jonathan Taylor, I had him predicted for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Obviously, he came short of 100. He got 83 and only one touchdown. I had James Robinson for 15 and, and fifteen or more fantasy points. He got 13.5, so he came pretty close to that. Um, if Rashawn Gary played, I thought Green Bay's defense would get four sacks on Stafford and hold the Rams under 20 points. They got two sacks, and a lot of the points the Rams scored were in garbage time, but they did get to 28. So, um, And then Jefferson, I had 10 or more targets and at least 100 yards receiving. He had nine targets and 83 yards receiving, so pretty close on that one. Excellent. All right, well, uh, hopefully that helps everybody get started uh again i've done the math josh and with 11 games on the main slate you can't slate. roster a player from every game so that's why we uh we've been doing these shows um highlighting primarily the four highest totals on the board mm-hmm. uh, so give us feedback on that if if you'd like if you have thoughts there um and appreciate all your support on youtube of course you can find these podcasts wherever podcasts can be found and heard and we'll continue bringing these to you uh, every week of the NFL. We'll have our primetime podcast later as well to get you ready for the Sunday night, Monday night showdowns. So be sure to tune in to that and can, uh, continue with the NBA podcast as well as they come in seven days a week in front of the paywall. So uh, thank you all for tuning in on behalf of Josh Crash Davis, John Wehausen on the ground in Las Vegas, and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team. I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.